the and try to be as safe and and uh, COVID protected as possible. Anyone else tired of the coronavirus? Man, I am so tired of coronavirus. I was thinking uh, about er uh, earlier this week that I remember back in February. I'm in the banking industry, and and you know when the when the shutdown, the stay at home, the governor's order of staying at home. Our, our bank uh, shut down like most did, or at least restricted uh, traffic. And I remember thinking back in March, a couple of weeks, and this will kind of blow over. I don't know if those, that was exactly my thought. But, man, who would have thought? Um, and, you know, part of that is the unpredictability of the coronavirus and just the uncertainty and the little we know about it. But it was kind of, uh, I was reflecting on that this morning, and, uh, boy, that is so different than our God, isn't it? <laughs> Um, our, the faithfulness of our Heavenly Father to meet us every Sunday here, and the faithfulness to um, just to to know that we're in His care. Uh, great is Thy faithfulness. Uh, morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, Thy hand has provided. Great is Thy faithfulness. So it's good to be in the house of the Lord, knowing that He is faithful. Uh, a few announcements for us all this morning. The family life cards, if you are new or joining us for the first time, we'd love for you to fill one of those out and place it in the offering plates, which are in the back of the sanctuary. Our prayer and Bible study, which we've combined, as you all know, on Tuesday evenings, this Tuesday evening at 6.30 will not be in person. It will only be virtual, so it'll be online only. If you participate in that, uh, we'll not be meeting in person. That's only for this, this Tuesday, but it will be online only this Tuesday. Also, something to look forward to on November 1st, so the first Sunday in November, our district superintendent here in the Church of the Nazarene, we have a kind of a governing hierarchy, and our district superintendent is responsible for uh, being the, the kind of the, the senior administrator, if you will, for all of the churches of the Nazarene and basically southern Illinois. Well, his name is Terry Armstrong. He was here about a year ago, I believe, and shared with us. He will be here preaching on November 1st, and then also uh, uh, leading us in communion at the end of the service on November 1st. So we have that to look forward to. And the Belleville Hispanic Church will also be joining us that morning. Uh, want to uh, all, uh, two other things real quickly, let you know that our service today will be a little bit different. Uh, we're calling it a, a, a memorial service. And it's a memorial service that, that's, that's kind of focused around what I talked about that we're all tired of, the C word, the new C word, coronavirus. And uh, all of us have suffered some level of loss as a result of coronavirus. Some has been quite dramatic with regard to health. Uh, for some, it's been financial. But all of us have emotionally have had some loss. And, and just uh, so we're going to, uh, it's going to be a service where we, we pray for, we, we think about, uh, uh, but uh, not to steal Dwight's thunder, but, but we'll, we'll also... Uh, we'll all, we also have hope because of that faithfulness of God. Amen. Uh, so the, uh, our service today will have several readers, and just a reminder that we'll wipe down this uh, this microphone as we transition from reader to reader. Have you come to worship today? Amen. Larry Wankel, one another one of our board members, is going to come this morning and and share with us a few words about Belleville uh, first in his life. I wondered if you were just saying that, and you'd completely forget about it when you handed it to me. Thank you, Rick. Um, 
I'm receiving promptings from back in the back. Uh, the first thing I wanted to say, which uh, Dwight didn't necessarily anticipate, I wanted to say thank you to our audio, video, streaming people back there, um, Jim and Ralph and Les. Um, I think if you watch online, you see that we have significantly improved uh, the quality of that product. And um, I'm really thankful. So if we could all give them a little bit of appreciation. And then I had uh, something I want to say about Pastor Dwight. Uh, you need to be careful around him. Because if you're ever brainstorming or just kind of thinking out loud, he may take you as being serious or uh, possibly even a word from the Lord. I don't know. So when we were doing our work day a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking, well, wouldn't it be great if we could have a prayer day that would be kind of similar to that and get similar participation? And he kind of went with that in a way that I didn't anticipate. So yesterday we had this prayer vigil is what it wound up being called. And it occurred to me that... Uh, when was, oh, I'm wandering, sorry. When was the last time we used our altars for prayer? And solid prayer from 8 to, I think we did solid, we achieved solid, so 8 to 12, which is really neat. Um, just thinking about coronavirus and other things, how much do we use the altar for prayer? And maybe I'm a little bit of a traditionalist, but I, you know, I tend to think it's, it's a good thing when we use the altar for prayer. Um, so, um, and I think maybe we'll be doing that some other time too. I'm not sure what the plan is there exactly. Um, but the, the, uh, the main reason I'm supposed to be up here is for a few weeks now we've been uh, dedicating a couple minutes to uh, a board member talking something about what their experience has been in the church. So the way you might see it is who in the world do we invite to the or, uh, elect to the board or what were we thinking anyway when we you know, elected these people uh, and what does it mean to me, the church, you know, my, the impact it's had on my life. Uh, Shelly and I packed up the girls and loaded up the truck and moved from Mount Vernon to New Baden back in 04. So it's been a while now, and we've had a chance to participate in the life of the church in different ways. And uh, the thing that came to my mind, and I've had quite a while to think about it over the last few weeks, uh, we know what our uh, three-word mantra is or slogan around here, right? What is it? Grow, connect, serve. And I'm not sure how long that will remain to be the case with a new pastor at some point. It may change. But um, I like it. It's simple. I can remember it. And the middle, the middle word, connect, is what I wanted to focus on. I think um, the Lord has big ideas for the church. And sometimes we even get it. We actually execute on what some of his ideas are. And the connect part, I feel like when I've gone through tough things, and sometimes it's just a health issue, and mine haven't been huge. They haven't been all that life-threatening or anything. But when someone comes up to you and asks you, how are you doing, and tells you they've been praying for you, it's a pretty big deal. And uh, that's, that's what I wanted to call out or, you know, uh, point out about my life in the church. And it's especially meaningful, I think, when you're going through something extraordinary, and it's like, Life shouldn't have played out this way. You know, you didn't expect this. You didn't hope for this. You didn't pray for this. And it still happened in any way. It's great to know that there are people in your corner. And I'm reminded of a 1980s sitcom that was, that was uh, what do you want to call it? The, uh, the setting was in a bar. If anybody remembers that show, 
Cheers, and the, and the, theme, the theme song, some of the lyrics were, sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name, and they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see our troubles are all the same. You want to go where everybody knows your name. And that, I think, is what we have here. And, you know, we strive to do it better and better. you all could stand and sing with us, we're going to sing None But Jesus. In the quiet, in the stillness I know that you are Secret of your presence, I know there I am restored when you call, I won't refuse. 
This is Lamentations 2, 10 through 13. The elders of Daughter Zion sit on the ground in silence. They have sprinkled dust on their heads and put on sackcloth. The young women of Jerusalem have bowed their heads to the ground. My eyes fail from weeping. I am in torment within. My heart is poured out on the ground because my people are destroyed because children and infants faint in the streets of the city. They say to their mothers, where is bread and wine? As they faint like the wounded in the streets of the city, their, their lives ebb away in their mother's arms. What can I say for you? With what can I compare you, daughter Jerusalem? To what can I liken you that I may comfort you, virgin daughter Zion? Your wound is as deep as the sea. Who can heal you? This morning we will be doing service a little different than how we normally do. We'll be do I'll be voicing prayer concerns, and I will come to the end of a section, and I will say, Lord, in your mercy... And then you will join me when you see the slide that says, Hear Our Prayer. So we will do that. We will have songs interspersed, and my sermon will be broke out into meditations. So let us begin. With all our hearts and minds, let us pray to the Lord, believing God hears our prayers and sees our tears. God of eternal love, this COVID-19 pandemic opened a Pandora's box of deadly virus, causing untold suffering in the world, causing diseases and death to millions of people, and wrecking havoc to the economy. 
Look with compassion upon your people. And all people are your people. Heal the sick, save the dying, give eternal rest to the dead, and comfort the bereaved. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of peace, this COVID-19 exposed many sins hidden within our culture and society. If we have eyes to see, we can recognize how our past now enlivens our present. Long-tolerated brokenness, and some in our social, economic, and political lives intensifies suffering among our people. People we ignore because their jobs are out of sight now suffer because they must work in exposed conditions at low-paying jobs when others can work from home. Help us identify and address these evils. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, our communities are being crushed by the yoke of sin, political enmity, economic inequality, gun violence, racism, xenophobia, disparities in health and education, pollution, loneliness, and despair. Our brothers and sisters are sleeping in the streets, weeping in the streets, bleeding in the streets like strangers in their own land. And so many of us choose to look the other way. Give us instead your easy yoke, your light burden to open the doors, to step out, to speak out, to trust one another, to be taken where we do not wish to go, to the foot of the cross, to the tomb where you will meet us, where real life begins. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of all creation, you meant us to be a single people, ruled by love, justice, freedom, and peace. Break down the walls of our disunity that we may build bridges of understanding, harmony, and solidarity. Weave us together even in our racial, cultural, and ethnic and language diversities. Let us to be one body in the spirit. Help us to realize that in these times of pandemic, we are all in this together and mutually in need of each other's encouragement and grace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray. Father, prepare us now for this time of worship. Open our hearts, open our minds, open our wills, open our emotions. May we realize the depth to which we need you in this hour. May we realize the depth to which our community, our nation, our world needs you in this hour. And may that bring praise and glory to Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.
I'll be reading from Job 14, 1 through 17. Man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. He springs up like a flower and, he, and withers away. Like a fleeting shadow, he does not endure. Do you fix your eyes on such a one? Will you bring him before your judgment? Who can bring what is pure from that impure? No one. Man's days are determined. You may have decreed the number of his months and have set limits he cannot exceed. So look away from him and let him alone till, the, till he has put in his time like a hard man. At least these is hope of a tree. If it is cut down, it will sprout again, and its new shoots will not fail. Its roots may grow old in the ground, and its stumps die in the, in the soil. Let all the scent of water, get all the scent of water. It will bud and put forth shoots like a plant. But man dies and is laid low. He breathes his last and is no more. As water disappears from the sea, or a riverbed becomes parched and dry, so man lies down and does not rise till the heavens are not, no more. Men will not awake or be roused from their sleep. If only you would hide me in the grave and conceal me till your anger has passed. If only you would set me at time and then remember me. If a man dies, will he live again? All the days of my hard service, I will wait for my renewal to come. You will call and I will answer you. You will long for the creature your hands have made. Surely then you will count my steps, but not keep track of my sin. My offenses will be sealed up in a bag. You will recover over my sin. Thank you. Let us continue. God, our loved ones are sick and dying from viruses and from violence. The silence of silenced bodies overwhelms our ears. The ivy drip of memories stings and burns as it works its way through our veins. We are weak and helpless. But don't allow us to be hopeless. Make your presence known to us, especially, especially when we cannot be present to one another. Heal our ailments and mend our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, you have taken away so many. Their names tumble from our lips. A remembrance, an instant, a plea, 
We say their names so that they won't be forgotten. We say their names so that we won't be the type of people willing to forget. As we grieve and grasp at the mystery of death, take their names and bind them to yourself. Open your everlasting gates. Welcome them home. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray. Before you now, we acknowledge the fear we have of death, the dread we have of death. We acknowledge also that Jesus Christ has shown us that death's power is limited. May our faith in him overwhelm our fear and our dread. May our faith in him keep alive that root of hope, even in times that are dark. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. How many of you know someone you've worked with in your family, your extended family, in your neighborhood that has died of this virus? Would you stand, please? Stand, please. If you know, if you know people that have died, okay? How many of you know people that have been sick with this virus? Would you stand with these that are already standing. How many of you know people that have lost employment, lost income, uh, or lost their housing, or something else uh, because of this environment? Would you stand this virus? The only thing left for me to add, and, and it'll get everybody, so you might as well sit down, is education. Our children. Um, and our teachers, their lives have been drastically changed. The first case of coronavirus, or COVID-19, was, in retrospect, acknowledged on January 20th of this year, some 270 days ago. Since that time, 8 million, 200, almost 8, 8 million, almost 300,000 people that we know of have been in, infected by this virus. Now, I know there's disputes about numbers. One of my masters is in research, so I know about the dispute about numbers and the mistakes that can be made around those numbers. But they're small mistakes. They're reporting errors. And we should recognize that this is a plague upon us that is deadly serious. If not for the number infected, the first death occurred on April the 22nd, some 179 days ago. And since then, more than 223,000 Americans have died. Thanks to my phone's calculator, I quickly figured that out to be 1,247 people a day. Death is in our midst. But the, the problem we have 
is that while we are surrounded by death, while people talk to us about death, we, most of us haven't, even from this, haven't experienced it. It's remote. One of the things that impacted my father the most was as a 16-year-old, having to shave his stepfather after he died and prepare his body for the undertaker to come and take him from their home. We no longer live like that. So death is at the same time remote, but present all around us. And my fear. My fear is that will numb us. It will take away our compassion and our empathy. Death, the virus, should not cause us to fear. It should cause us to be cautious. There's a difference. We should not be gripped by fear. But we should take every precaution that we need in order to be comfortable. And each of you, each of us, has a a different circle that has to be populated by those precautions. And we should give each other space to make them. But please, let's not be afraid because of the one who keeps us safe. Please stand and sing with us. Trust and obey. Trust.
I'll be reading from John 15, verses 8 through 14. You should produce much fruit and show that you are my followers, which brings glory to my Father. I loved you as the Father loved me. Now remain in my love. I have obeyed my Father's commands, and I remain in his love. In the same way, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. I have told you these things so that you can have the same joy I have, and so that your joy will be the fullest possible joy. This is my command, love each other as I have loved you. The greatest love a person can show is to die for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. We pray for the doctors, nurses, and all medical and healthcare workers who are on the front lines of the battle against COVID-19. Cover them with divine protection and give them the double portion of your strength as they care for the sick, thereby expose themselves to the virus and risk their health and the health of their families. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the scientists, immunologists, the pharmaceuticals that they may soon discover, 
the effective and risk-free medicines and vaccines. Give them wisdom, humility, to seek divine guidance and to tap into divine intelligence from the one who created the world and everything in it. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the police, for EMS, teachers, administrators, janitorial staff, and others who daily place themselves at risk to protect, educate, and serve us. We pray for their families who fear for their loved ones in this service and who themselves are at risk. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the elderly, those with pre-existing health issues and children who are most vulnerable to viral infections. Enable them to take extra precaution and physical distancing, hygienic behavior, and strengthen their immunity to the virus. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for people of color who are most impacted in terms of infection and death, for the African Americans who are on the front lines as workers of essential service, for the Latino Americans who have the greatest number of blue-collar workers, for the indigenous Americans on the reservations with inadequate medical help, for the Asian Americans who suffer unjust treatment due to the misnaming of COVID-19 as Chinese virus. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray. It is to you, Father, that we must turn. How inadequate we are in expressing our gratitude to those who serve and whose service invokes risk. But as your disciples, we, we know that's normal. That the cross is the model of our service. We pray that it doesn't happen. But we know that following you requires us to take up our crosses. So, Father, help us to find a way, again, to deal with fear and dread and exercise caution. In Jesus' name, amen. Did you realize so many people are necessary to make a community work? How many of you missed getting toilet paper this year? No. How many? Hmm? Yeah. Okay. Brenda was a point person for a whole group of people called our children, you know, scouting out likely places. Don't tell the owners of the stores, but there were even times she would buy restricted items. She's listening. She would buy restricted items, go out to the car and come back in, put on sunglasses or something and buy another. (laughs) Any of you do that? My wife is the only crook in this congregation? Well, she's not. I did it for her too a couple of times. We need each other, but we take for granted things that we don't see. 
And that's understandable. But one of the things this virus has done is made us see. It's pulled back the curtains on many things, on many people who, who, who do things on a daily basis that we just overlook to make our lives possible. None of you eat food, only food that you've grown, do you? None of you wear clothes, that you've, only the clothes that you sew? Are somebody in your household? We need each other to make our lives possible. May God give us grace to begin to recognize this. One last thing I would ask of you. Let us give serious consideration to those people who we ask unknowingly to take risk for us. We know of some. We know that police and, and military and, and others daily face risk because they serve us. But so do others. May God, in his mercy, Give us eyes to see. Would you stand and sing with us again?
I'll be reading from Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 3. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. We ask your protection for workers we often ignore, whose work sustains our whole society, and who are now at risk. For warehouse, grocery, and delivery workers, those who harvest and process our food, and all workers vulnerable to the contagion, turn the hearts of employers and policymakers to provide for their safety and security, and give us all grace to be mindful of one another's safety. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for healing for all who are affected by this pandemic, for all who are ill, that they may receive prompt and appropriate care, and for those who are dying alone, that they may find peace and comfort. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let's pray. Lord, we do pray that these who are alone in these days will sense, at least sense your presence. Help us to find ways to reach each other and touch each other as we haven't for a long time. Some of us may be alone before this is all done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
As I finished grade school and started junior high, I was taller than everybody else. You wouldn't believe it now, but I was quite a bit taller. And so I played basketball pretty well. And then all of a sudden, everybody caught up with me and passed me by. And what used to be a fairly decent shot turned out to be pathetic. You know what? I got tired of that. I got tired of not getting to play because I couldn't shoot well. So I had to become better at defense. And I was the, could set the best picks of anybody in five counties. Yes, we're tired of this virus. But guess what? We're not going to be able to do anything about it any more than I could become a better basketball player. It ain't happening. So what are we going to do about it? Are we going to grouse and complain? Are we going to waste our time wishing things were different? Wishing things that we have no control over would, would somehow change? Our lives will never be what they were before this virus hit. There will be changes. There will be businesses that will not recover and come back. Some of you will alter the way you purchase things, which will shape our economy. Some of you will change your priorities, which will shape our economy. We don't know what it's going to look like, but it's going to be different. Small differences, big differences, I can't tell you. No one can. But if you expect us to go back, you're mistaken. My prayer for us is that we will be people because of the trust we have for God. We'll learn to trust each other. We'll learn to trust those we don't know and we'll demand it if they don't provide it. Because you and I will shape the future, the decisions we make under God's leadership. And people who expose themselves, people who have lost their income, people who have lost educational opportunities, people who have lost their, hou their houses, their homes, are all going to be people who will need us to be as prepared as we can be to help shape a future that acknowledges their loss. Will you be ready? Don't hear me asking you that. The Lord's asking you that. Would you stand and sing with us again?
be seated. Second Corinthians four, verses seven through eighteen. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe, and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow in the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. We pray for the leaders of our government that they may set aside political partisanship and work in harmony for the common good. Help them to listen to the cries from the grassroots that their hearts may burn with compassion on the plight of the people. Enable them to make wise and just decisions, choosing public health over private profit, choosing life over death. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for religious leaders, that we all may be one, even as you and Christ are one. In these times of pandemic, we are all God's children and siblings in Christ who suffered and died for all on the cross. Help us to care for one another and to share God's love in the life we lead, in the relationships we create, in the words we speak, and in the works we do. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who follow social distancing, wearing masks, frequent hand washing, and all other safety precautions to avoid spreading the virus and halt infections. Help us to embrace suffering as discipline, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character 
produces hope. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the whole creation, that in our common groaning, we may see a birth of a whole new world, a world where love and justice meet, and where freedom and righteousness kiss each other. We pray that the reign of God will be on our lips and in our hearts, spreading not only the deadly virus of hate and selfishness, but a life-giving virus of love, mercy, and compassion. Unleash not your judgment, O Lord, but your forgiveness, that we may incline our hearts to keep your law and love one another as Jesus loved us. May this pandemic unite us to be the kind of people that you want us to be. All these we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, who holds all things together and who reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. We pray for our attention to the Holy Spirit. May allow, may we follow as the Spirit leads. We pray for our ability to rise above our habits, even our history. May we be agents of healing. We pray that the character and traits we have acquired as your children, living in your kingdom, enable us to be agents of light in the darkness of this hour. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Hope can be a sunrise. A sunrise that comes after darkness. But hope doesn't come by accident. It becomes because we change what we look at. We change what we listen to. God's purpose has not changed. A pandemic will not change God's purposes for anything, but especially not for us. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. But how many of you love Jesus? A few weeks ago, I told you about my grandfather and his, his dad stealing a farm from him. And then 25 years later, my great-grandfather dying in another house that my grandfather owned. My mother did not like her grandfather. She thought he had... And I grew up with that attitude. Then one day it struck me. Monroe Marson, my grandfather, impacted my life deeply, and he loved his father enough to forgive him and give him a place to die. Do you love Jesus? Well, let me tell you something. Jesus died for Donald Trump. Jesus died for Barack Obama. How dare you? How dare we? Discount the love of Jesus in dying for these men. You can disagree with their policies. 
You can disagree with what they do. I certainly disagree with things both of them have done. I can't remember a president I didn't disagree with. But Jesus died for them. How dare us talk and act about people that Jesus died for in the way we do. You vote this in two weeks the way you want to. But remember, you're voting for somebody that Jesus died for. That's our governor. That's our mayor. That's our, our dog catcher. I don't care who you're disgruntled at. If we want civility, then it should begin in the house of God. And some of the most vile and hateful speech I've heard have come out of the mouths of people who claim to be followers of Jesus. And it's time it stopped. There will not be hope. There will not be redemption. There will not be unity unless it begins with us, unless we model it, unless we show the world that we have this treasure and vessels of clay. Jesus died for them. Let us not in any way belittle that. Please stand and sing this song of hope with us.
Being a Baptist turned free Methodist turned Nazarene, I had no hope of ever doing a liturgical service. <laughs> so I borrowed freely from the Episcopal site that has such resources. They should not be blamed for the way I edited and put them together. I take responsibility for that. And I thank them for providing the service, and I hope it was legal. Let us pray. Dismiss us from this place, Father. Dismiss us to announce a sunrise of hope. May we be agents of healing. May we 
Help others receive your reconciliation. And through it all, may our lives, our words, our intentions, all of our actions put on full display the love that you have for us and for the world. Dismiss us now the lives of service. In Jesus' name, amen. You're dismissed.